singing songs in Grace Church that are off-key in every way, in every way. Keep tuning in, and I want to welcome Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and podcast as you're listening, and maybe you can work this one out already. So today I'm looking at Joshua chapter 1, Old Testament, and we're looking at a new day. We're looking at a whole new season for the people of God. Just like this morning, on the first Sunday of 2024, you're looking at a whole new year ahead of you. A whole new year ahead for your hopes. A whole new year ahead for your family. What's going to happen? Mainly we don't know, but we do know some of the parameters God has set for us. So I'm going to pray that God blesses the word to your heart. Just as, as I've studied this, he's blessed it to mine. So if you're up for it, would you stand with me for 30 seconds? I pray, oh God, just as we rose up from our chairs right now, that we would rise up in our souls. And that whatever it is in heaven that you want to kiss earth here today, Holy Spirit, touch us as we hear your word. And let it be clear to our souls in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brothers. Thank you, sisters. This is Joshua chapter 1. It's just a couple of the verses. Some of you will know this well, and for others, perhaps it's quite new. But let God's word come into our souls. And the Lord said to Joshua, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now rise up and go over this Jordan River, you and all the people of Israel. Every place that your foot will touch, I have given to you. No man will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And I will not leave you or forsake. 
Only you must be strong and you must be courageous. Then you will lead the Israelites to inherit this land. But keep to the instructions that I gave to Moses. Don't turn from them to the right or to the left. Then you will be blessed, making your way prosperous, having success wherever you go. And the people of God, if they agreed with what the Bible said, said, Oh, may God be that or may that be our future this new year. Hallelujah. We're told right at the beginning something that seems kind of off or sad or tragic. Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, anyone here know how old was Moses when he died? Don't shout out, just put up your hand. Anyone know? How old was Moses when he died? Well done, Anne O'Driscoll. He was 120. It's important to know that. You've often heard me say, of the Jews say to one another on their birthday, may you live to 120. Now, people do live to 120 even today. I was reading of a Japanese lady who's 119, a French lady who's 118. But Moses lived to 120. I think he had a good, long life. Wouldn't you agree? Yes. So there is nothing tragic about Moses dying. I would go so far as to say, Moses is dead, and that's okay. Because death is a part of life. See a seed of corn must be buried in the ground before it grows. Then a blade appears, and after a while you see the ears begin to show. Life's begun, the work has been done. Now, a seed of corn has to die before life comes. The bread you may have eaten for breakfast came from a seed of corn that had to die in the ground. Everything in this creation of God, there is a time to live and a time to die. And we struggle with death, but as believers, we are not like people without faith. Who we'll say amen. amen? We have hope and we have faith and we know God has our future. Hallelujah. So even death has lost its sting for the people of God. Can you really say that? I hope you can. I challenge you to believe that. Even death has lost its sting. So Moses is dead. 2023 is now dead. Michael asked earlier how many people had a great year, an average year, a challenging year. And we people with all different reactions and experiences. If your heart was broken in 23, 2023 is now dead. Even if you achieve great things, that season is over. You're in a new season. And it is like we are crossing over a river. It is like we're going over the River Jordan. So we said goodbye to 23 and now we welcome 2024. For everyone here, to some degree, Moses is dead. Moses at 120 went up and he died up in the mountains and God then raised up Joshua as his replacement to lead the people to cross over the river and go into the promised land. Remember they had come out of what country originally? 
Okay, it's Egypt. All right, Egypt. Egypt was where they were slaves. And God delivered them, hallelujah. And then they had a season and years in the wilderness where God was refining them and stuff was dealt with in the desert. No, they are crossing into the promised land. This was God's word to Joshua. He said, no, rise up. Cross over this Jordan River to the promised land. You and all the people of Israel, theologically, all who were born again, are Israelites, if you want to look at it that way. We are Israel, if you will. So what we read of a physical nature, nation in the Old Testament is in many ways now a spiritual nation in the New Testament. I don't care what country you come from. If you love Jesus, you're my brother or you're my sister. We are one, hallelujah. We are community. We are church. We are part of what God is doing across the face of this earth. So we are, if you will, the people of Israel. But before they could cross over, they had to rise up. I always think of this, you know, if you're lying down, some of them were lying down. Remember they ate lying down or they might have been sitting down. But in order to have a full view, they had to rise up. Because when you stand up, you can see better than when you're lying down or when you're sitting down. It reminds me of uh, a holiday Denise and I had in France. And we went up in a hot air balloon with some friends we knew of in France. And uh, we had a great time. It was a beautiful sunny evening. And it wasn't a huge balloon, but it went up about 100 meters. And I knew the area well from driving around, and I was always past this gorgeous house, a couple of villages away. It was your typical beautiful French house with the shutters on the windows and so on. The only thing is, it was so, such a nice house, I used to always say, I wonder what their garden is like. But they had a large old stone wall around the garden, and they had a lot of trees, so I couldn't see the garden. No, I am not nosy. But I love looking at people's gardens. If you invite me to your house and your garden is a mess, I will see it. <laughs> Honestly, I'm not judgmental. Only a little bit, okay, when it comes to garden. Anyway, so I always said I'd love to see their garden, but I could never see it. On that night when we went up, or that evening, we had to follow the wind. That's how hot air balloons go. They'll get you up, but the wind will take you wherever. And wouldn't you know, the wind had us going, I think it was southeast, and we went right over this house. And because it was only 100 meters up, we could actually even see people's faces from up there. And we started going over the walled garden that I could never see, that I always wanted to know what it was like. And you know what? It was such a warm evening, they were sitting having dinner or something at a table in their garden and basically they were like in their underwear or their togs or whatever and I can remember flying over and going yes I can see the garden and I'll always remember the woman at the house looked up and her mouth fell open her mouth just fell open she was shocked I mean not too many hot air balloons fly over your garden really do they maybe the odd drone but you know it's different when there's real people so i finally saw that but you know what else i saw i saw the whole territory 
I was able to make out in my head exactly what went where. So an area I kind of knew well, I now, I now knew a lot better because I had risen up. Can I submit to you that when we rise up and we get closer to God, we'll see things clearer. When you and I rise up and hear the heartbeat of the Father and have the Holy Spirit move upon us, whatever issues you have at work, whatever challenges you have at school, whatever dynamic is going on in the family or whatever, you will see it clearer if you are up higher. Hallelujah. So God said before you even cross over, rise up. And I believe you wouldn't be here today unless you had a serious enough faith that you wanted to rise up. So they rose up and God called them to go into the promised land. And that's a whole other uh, sermon or message. But what is the promised land? And I'm getting back to the song that we were just singing. The promised land is basically a place of rest and victory in this life. If you don't have faith in Jesus, I promise you this, you will not have the victory that you will as a believer. You will not have the peace and the rest that you can have as a believer. Hallelujah. Amen. We were in Egypt as slaves to sin. God delivered us. He prepared us when we went through the desert or the wilderness. And then we started entering into the promises of God. But here's where the song is wrong. Heaven is a Sabbath rest and total victory in the next life. We just sang how when we were, I looked out over Jordan and there was a band of angels coming after me, which is basically the song is about dying and going to heaven. But this is something that so many Christians trip up on. We will have rest and victory in this life, but we will not have a Sabbath rest, a deep rest and total victory until the next life. You see, everything in Joshua 1 is mirrored in the New Testament in the book of Hebrews chapter 3 and chapter 4. And we are praising God for the rest and victory we have now. Who'll say amen? amen? And if you're not a believer, you will never experience that. But we have yet to experience the deepest rest of all, the most total victory of all where there are no more tears. Hallelujah. Let me quote Hebrews 4, 8, 9. The writer of Hebrews says, if Joshua had given them fullness of rest back then, God would not have spoken of another day later on. Therefore, there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. There is yet to be something deeper and more profound for all of us. But we will get that when we go to be with him. Soon and very soon, you're going to see the king. Hallelujah. That day is yet to come. Don't stumble because you've trouble in this new year. And I have seen people who started out their faith journey well, and then there was a bit of trouble, and they get angry with God, and they say, why is God allowing the trouble to happen? You and I will not enter the Sabbath rest until we go with him. We do have rest, we do have victory, but let's not be jelly baby Christians and expect it all laid out. You and I are on a pilgrimage in this life. 2024 is a pilgrimage for you and me. 
we will have blessings hallelujah we will have rest hallelujah we will have victories hallelujah but of course there will be challenges you and i are living in a broken polluted world so we have to realize there is yet a deeper rest that remains for you and me don't lose faith in god because your sabbath rest is not your experience right now it will happen if you're faithful and you keep with him but don't confuse the two he goes on and he promises every place that your foot will touch i have given it to you verse 3 every place your foot has touched if you read on about the children of israel conquering the land there was a large swathe of land that they never got you know why because they never walked it they never went in and claimed it god said this is all yours i can give you another sermon all about the euphrates river all the ways over to iraq and god's promise and that's where Solomon got to at one time and this was all the promised land the problem is they could only take so much land so the victories that God had promised them that they never experienced was because they hadn't got there let me give you an example as a young Christian about a year or two after I became a Christian I was sitting in Myra Lennon and she's just down there this is the church I was saved in and I knew the Holy Spirit came upon me and I knew God was giving me the gift of prophecy and I was afraid and I was embarrassed and I said oh I don't make a fool of myself and for a while I resisted ever prophesying praise God I was in a church where there was a freedom for the gifts and we were able to do it and I remember I gave a little prophecy and I knew and years later God spoke to me through this unless I had stepped out by faith I would have never experienced that gift in my life. You have to put your foot down to claim that territory. If God has called you to do something, if it is something personal, something relational, I don't know. But if God has clearly said it, the promise is there. But it's up to you to walk in it and to claim it. You probably heard me say this before when the slaves, the black slaves in Alabama and Mississippi and all these states in America were set free. The day after they were set free, most of them just kept doing what they did before. They could walk out the gate. But you see, the slavery had kept them down. It's like you have a whole load of money in the bank. Let me get out my bank card. <laughs> have I got my bank card? Here I have Visa, I'm with PTSB. Okay, all you hackers who are listening in, I'm with Permanent TSB, that's my bank. If I have 100,000 in the bank, I can go and I can use this in the shop, I can buy a car, I can withdraw cash, but imagine the money is in the bank and I just never use it. What good is that money? It's a waste. You see what I'm doing? I'm trying to encourage you and challenge you. This new year, step up by faith. Amen. Oh, but what if people laugh at me? Let them laugh. Yeah. Let them laugh. We serve an audience of one. Yes. If I had lived my life, and I've been around a while, if I had lived my life worried about what people would have thought, and I'm sure the same is with Michael Elman and many others, there wouldn't be a church here. 
we be going, oh gosh, they mightn't like us. Oh, we might get embarrassed. So what? Have courage. There's about five people think that's right. Have courage, step out. Every place your foot will touch, I have given it to you. Hallelujah. It is God's tendency to bless his people, but we have to step out. No man will be able to stand against you. And there was a lot of tough fellas there. There's no woman as well, I don't care. And every now and again, this is my experience over 43 years as a Christian, every now and again, there is a human being. That, that's like a big blockage. I can remember years ago, it was um, someone who worked for Cork County Council. Back in the day when we would buy a house, the first house I bought, there was a civil servant working in Cork County Council. And you know what? You'd swear the money that was rightfully ours as citizens, they used to give loans. You'd swear it was her personal money. She did everything not to give money out to young couples. And the money was there, but she put every hurdle in the way. I'll never forget it. I was 21 when I bought my first house. And I'll never forget this woman. She constantly was closing the door. And I can remember all the other couples frustrated and angry. And I remember one day, as a young Christian, God spoke to me and said, be courteous, but just pray authority over her. And I prayed over that blockage. And I said, I remember quoting this, no one will stand against us. We're doing what God has called us to do, to be wise with our money. We're doing something that's totally legal. We need a home to stay in, blah, blah, blah. I take authority over you in the name of Jesus. I didn't do it to our face. I'm not a nutter, all right? I just prayed quietly and I prayed. But I, I, I prayed over it. Within two weeks, that money was released. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I started my journey, buying and selling houses, hallelujah. But I know that prayer worked. So whoever is against you, is it an employer, a teacher, a neighbor, a family member? If you're in God's will, if you're in God's will, no one will stand against you. And then he gives this very strange teaching to Joshua and he says to Joshua only you must be strong and courageous if you look at Joshua he was godly he was faithful loyal sincere but he wasn't really naturally strong and courageous he would have been a quiet man he would be a man who was very sincere but he wouldn't be the first fellow up for, to fight the battles. Unlike his best friend Caleb, who was always out to be the first to jump into the battle, Joshua was a bit more fearful. And that's why, and most Bible commentators say, that's why God specifically said to Joshua, Joshua, none of this is going to happen unless you're strong and unless you're courageous. So my question to you is, for 2024, will you be strong? Will you be courageous? Yes. Holy Spirit is here. We're going to pray that you will have courage. If you want that prayer, just where you are, stand up and lift your hands up to heaven. You might need it. Okay? Just lift your hand. For your work situation, for your home situation, for your health, 
for your relationship. I'm even going to say your financial situation. Oh God, would you help us to be strong? We'll say amen. amen. And that we would be courageous. Amen. We pray that in Jesus' mighty name. And one more time, the people of God said, Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Joshua was not naturally that way. Do you know, I'm going to go even further. The fact that he wasn't naturally that way, and if you're not naturally that way, sometimes that's a big advantage. <clears throat> because some of us would naturally be a bit more that way. The problem is there's a very thin line between self-confidence and arrogance. And sometimes we can move out on our own strength rather than on God's strength. Now, we need to have courage. Billy Graham said, courage is contagious. Other people catch it. When a brave man takes a stand, the spines of others are also strengthened. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. When someone here is courageous, let me take a very small thing, but I remember a couple of months ago, there was a prophetic word in the middle of summer, and... The guy, I think it was Raw, just prophesied. God is saying, it's like Jericho. Walk here and the walls in your situation was crumble. And I can remember going, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. And next thing I saw all people, quiet people. People who would be naturally introverted. People who are shy, elderly, very young, brand new believers. People who are believers for longer than I am. And they started walking around this hall, just believing that God was going to cause the walls of their Jericho to go down. And do you know what? It started out with a half a dozen people. And then more people saw others doing it. They said, I want to do that. And then more, and then more, and then more, and then more. Courage is contagious. If you're courageous in your situation, people will be inspired by you. But it is not self-confidence. Praise God for self-confidence, but there's a limit to it. Sometimes we have to lay it down before the Lord. It is not self-confidence. I've seen Christians ruin their future because they are so confident. They walk out in the flesh of their own confidence. And they end up falling flat on their face. Walk out with God, God's confidence. Let me ask you a question. What comes before a fall? Before anyone says anything. No, 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 no. I'm asking people down in the back row. Because we often hear people saying, gosh, the people up the front really worship. And the people down the back are very quiet. Well, I'm going to ask down the back row. Who knows what comes before the fall? Just slip up your hand if you know the answer to that. Well, uh, don't, be, don't be telling us. Who, who put up their hand? Who's this? Hey, here's a new Christian. This is Noel O'Donovan. What comes before the fall? Pride. Give the man a round of applause. Pride. <laughs> Do you know what? Even the unbelievers now are quoting it. It's very interesting. I've heard it in podcasts. People who don't believe in God are going back to the wisdom of Scripture. Pride comes before the fall. Look at Proverbs 16, 18. Pride comes before the fall and arrogance before failure. So lay down your natural confidence and take up God's confidence for the new year. Amen? Amen. Amen. And then he says, but keep 
to the instructions I gave. Now, what instructions did God give us? Where can we find them? The Bible. Read your Bible. Amen. Here's a great New Year's resolution. It's grand going down to the gym. You know what the Bible says? Physical exercise does a bit of good, but spiritual exercise will do way better for you. Read your Bible. There is no excuse. If you say, I'm not a reader, listen to the Bible. You can get loads of free apps on your phone and you can hear the scripture. It will wash your soul and it will give you knowledge that is God's knowledge. He says here, keep to the instructions I gave you. So, I was at a conference in Dublin a couple of years ago, before the pandemic. And I was queuing up for coffee and there was this guy in his 20s near me. Kind of knew him to see. We started talking and uh, I just said, how's work going? And he said, you know, it's really difficult. Work is so difficult. It's like every time I try and move forward, there is hassle. There are closed doors. There's just nothing of blessing in it. I said, what do you do? He said, I'm working IT and I work in advertising. I said, are you with um, um, an advertising agency? Did you ever want to see that series Mad Men from years ago? I thought it was like Mr. Advertise. He said, no, no, I work for a big Irish company, but they're multinational. No. I said, who's that? He said, Paddy Power, the gambling company. <laughs> okay, half of you are laughing and the other are going, what's the joke? <laughs> Paddy Power, if you don't know, it's a big gambling company. And the thing is, when gambling is promoted for a lot of people, it's a curse. And I, I said to him in a nice way, do you really think God is going to bless you in that company? Maybe God has a better future for you in a place where your conscience won't be challenged. Because I could never see God bless him working for Paddy Power. Now, if you're watching Paddy Power, or if the managing director of Paddy Power happens to tune in on Facebook, I'm unrepentant. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> and I'm not getting down on any company, but I do mean this. If we are working or if we're doing something that is outside of what God wants for us, we can't expect any of these promises to come to pass. Amen? Amen. Okay, made the point. But we do see promises of blessings and showers of blessings. Remember, it's a dry country, a lot of desert. And when the rain falls, it's a blessing. So don't think of it like Ireland. Think of it like desert. He goes on and he says, Then you will be blessed, making your way prosperous and having success wherever you go. Hallelujah, but not Paddy Power, okay? You've got to go in the way God has asked you to go. But you will be blessed. You will be prosperous. That's what the Bible said. Well, I don't know. Do I agree with that? You know, take it up with the Bible, all right? Give me a break. This is what it promises. It is God's tendency. We don't demand it. Of course we don't. But it's God's tendency. So, wherever I go in 2024, is that what it's saying? No. Wherever you go within the promised land. If Joshua decided to go to, I don't know, down to Ibiza, <laughs> back to Egypt or over to Cyprus, that was not the promised land. 
The promised land was the promised land. And all of the promises were true for Joshua and for the people of Israel within the boundaries of what God had said to them. Some people hate the word boundaries. Praise God for boundaries. Amen. Marriage is a boundary. Who'll say amen? amen. Gosh, that was a very poor amen. <laughs> Marriage is a boundary. Who'll say amen? amen? Would all the men who are married say amen? amen. Okay. <laughs> Your skin is a boundary. We've, we've all kind of, the law of the land, love it or hate it, is a boundary. But within the promised land, God has asked us, that's where the blessing will be. So let's not go far from God this new year. Let's see your future, your future, your future for 2024, like a physical area, like the promised land. You have to rise up. You have to cross over. And I think you are. You have to put your foot and walk up by faith and claim it. Have a bit of faith. Don't be jelly baby. Have a spine, okay? And claim that which you know God is asking you to do. The good things. And as you do it, don't go beyond the boundaries of the promised land. Because the promised land is for the people of promise. You and I are the people of promise. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me close with one last thought. There are all kinds of doors opening in 2024. For about four months, and I'm not exaggerating, I have had this image in my head of people forcing open a door. You know like the photograph here, guys who are really knacky and they can open locks. I can't do that, but some people can do it. Sometimes spiritually, we try and force open a door. And I know God is saying, don't force it. Did you know you can't force love? Son of Solomon, you can't force love. That's exactly what it says. You can't force a blessing. You can't force something. You can't even force uh, riches. Riches are a blessing from who? From the Lord. And striving has nothing to do with it. So you and I can't force it, but I promise you this, if it's God's will, have faith, be ready, and let God open the door. Amen? Can we stand? We're going to sing a song. And the song is called Living Hope. It's about what I was talking. In just a moment, I'm going to pray for those who with a sincere heart would love to see a door open. But you got to lay down that door and say, God, I will not open it. I want you to open it. Amen? And then I'm going to pray that this new year of 2024, that we really will have the courage to take the land God has for us. John, let's sing first, then we'll pray.
going to pray. Some of us know, we know, we know, we know, there is a land, and God has asked us that our foot will touch it. But there's a natural struggle going on because we have to stretch ourselves. We're going to pray that God will be able, will make you able to take the land he wants for you. Now you know what that is for 2024 and it could be work or study or your health or relational or a problem but we need to know it and we need to say God would you give me courage to just take the land and tied with that would you also Lord prevent me from forcing open a door you will open it not me I'm ready to take the land but I want you to open the door. Let's just in our mind's eye, picture the land we need to tread, we need to touch, we need to claim. Just picture that, whether it's for you or for someone you love. Now put that in your hands or in one of your hands and just lift it up to heaven. Oh God, whose eyes sweep over the earth, you're looking at us right now. You're weighing up the motives of all of our hearts, me included. God, in brokenness and in sincerity, we pray that this land that you have asked us to conquer and for our foot to tread upon, oh God, we pray and we declare today, this has to be meaningful to you, we are ready to take the next step. Can you say that? Is that true? So we're going to say it together, I'm ready to take the next step. If you don't feel able to say it, don't. But if you do, I want you to say it with me. I am ready. That's all. I am ready. At the count of three, let's declare to God and to Satan. I am ready. One, two, three. I am ready. Let's say it with a bit more confidence. Let's say it so that everyone who hears you will be in no confusion. One, two, three. I am ready. I prophesy to someone here who has been troubled by someone who is acting wrongly. And this is a promise for you. I am the God of peace. And just as Paul struck the evil one, Bar Jesus was named, he struck him blind for a season. God is saying, the one who is coming against you, just stand still and see the salvation of God for you because God is going to take the sight, as it were, symbolically, from the one who is standing against you. You will see deliverance in a miraculous way in this new year. Let's just pray that now. If that's you, if someone is standing against you, just lift up your right hand and we're going to pray in the name of Jesus. If this is evil and we believe it is, we pray now, O oh God, and we declare, Lord, strike them blind for a season in Jesus' name. Stop them from frustrating what you are doing in these lives. I let my brothers and sisters see the goodness of God in the land of the living and move forward without this man or woman stopping them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Some of us must pray as well. And maybe we're all going to pray. I don't know. 
but that God would help us not to force the door open in the new year. We're not going to get out our old toolkit and do a handy job ourselves. We're going to wait for the master's hand to open the door at the right time, in the right way and in the right time. If that's your prayer, if that's your prayer, I'm going to ask you that you put a hand on your head and another one on your heart so that your mind and your emotions will not get in the way. Into all of our thought pattern, every thought that would enter our head, when we are tempted to force open a door, when we know according to our natural ability, we can do it. I pray that our thoughts and our emotions would not make us to force open the door. Instead, oh God, we surrender that door to you. And we say, Lord, in your way and in your time. Let's say it, in your way and in your time. Let's say it together out loud, in your way and in your time. Someone might say, ah, but today's the day of salvation. I'm praying for someone to get saved. You know what? I know that and I believe it. But I also know that God has a lot of people on a process and on a journey. And the perfect day will come when they won't fall away. So God is saying, don't argue with him. Just have faith and believe in his way and in his time. Let's just say one last prayer to the Lord. Let's just say, Lord, I am ready. And you're ready to move when he is about to move. But you're also ready to wait until he's ready. So with our hands lifted up one last time. For 2024, oh God, we have risen up from our chairs. And we are rising up spiritually. And here in your house, on the 7th of January, the first Sunday in the year of our Lord, 2024, as you're listening, as you're watching, as you're perceiving our hearts, we confess to you and we declare to you, I am ready. Let's say it at the count of three. One, two, three. I am ready. And we're ready for you to open the door and then we're ready to walk and claim the ground. One more time, one, two, three. I am ready. So come Holy Spirit, in every work situation, in every relationship, every health challenge, every financial challenge, oh God, open the door, give us discernment and help us to be the people you have called us to be. Come. Holy Spirit Amen. and God's people said Amen. one last one last just a prophetic word I believe I saw someone coming in here I don't know who it is but you had a compass north south east west but your compass was frozen and the needle wasn't moving and God is saying you can't see the way to go because life has been hard on you and something has gone cold. It's, your heart has gone a little bit cold because of the hardness of your situation. And there's a, this is a promise from God. 
the breath of the Holy Spirit is warm and he will breathe on your compass and that compass needle is going to point in the very direction it needs to point. So if life has been hard on you and you know you've got a cold compass this morning, just with your right hand lifted up, no one is looking, no one can see, it's just you and Jesus. I see the hands. We give you the compass, oh God, and we pray, Holy Spirit, breathe upon us. Breathe upon our hearts and unfreeze that which hardness of life has made cold. Help us to see the direction clearly again. In Jesus' mighty name and for the last time the people of God said, Amen. Hallelujah. Let's